who was here Wednesday night? Throw your hands in the air. Oh, oh, good, less than half. Okay, so I can preach the same message again tonight. <laughs> it'll be new to it'll be new to most everybody. Okay, good. Did you find First John? Good. As soon as you find it, find the Gospel of John, chapter one. That's much closer to the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, find it? Good. Stick your finger in it. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Stick your finger in it. And then go back to 1 John chapter 1. Okay. Says, Brother Casey, what are you doing? Well, you should have been here Wednesday night. You'd know. <laughs> Got it? Here we go. This John is a son of Zebedee. Had a brother named James. Okay. He and his brother were very hot-tempered. Uh, fairly wealthy. Their dad was a fisherman in Bethsaida, and they worked there, but they also had a house in Jerusalem. John had lots of friends in Jerusalem. He apparently was a fairly wealthy young man because uh, he knew lots of people. And uh, you say, how do you know all that? Well, because when Jesus was put on trial at Caiaphas's house, the high priest, John was in the room where they held the trial. And he tried to get Peter in and sent a young girl to tell Peter to come in. And when she walked up to Peter and, and asked if he's the man she's supposed to find, uh, she didn't say, uh, there, a man named John asked me to come find you and bring you in. She walked up to him to see if he was the right person. She said, uh, are you one of his disciples? And Peter said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. That was his first denial. Okay, And that simple choice there kept him from being able to stand up for Jesus and defend Jesus. Now, God knew it was going to happen, had it all planned out. I'm not saying that he could have done any differently. I'm just saying that he messed up at that point. And the reason he messed up was simply because John was trying to get him into the trial. Okay? So that's which John this is. John is the only one of the, well, he's one of two of the original 12 that did not die a martyr's death. John died of old age. You say, who's the other one? Judas Iscariot. He hung himself. Okay. When he hung himself, the rope broke, and he hit the ground and split himself open. <coughs> His bowels splashed out across the ground. Okay, I'm telling you, reading the scripture is so cool. You learn so many interesting details. Okay, you, uh, I mean, you can almost picture in his mind. He uh, he <coughs> jumps off this cliff or whatever, and the rope breaks, and he hits on the sharp rocks below, and just. <coughs> so he didn't die a martyr's death. He committed suicide, but. 
Uh, oh, by the way, was him committing suicide the reason he went to hell? No. Suppose he didn't get saved, didn't ask God to forgive him. Peter was worse than that. Peter denied with an oath, asked God to kill him if he ever knew Jesus. And yet, when Jesus looked at Peter, Peter went out and wept bitterly and remorsefully repented, and God forgave him. And Peter got to go to heaven. Crucified upside down, in fact. Anyhow, this John uh, was uh, an old man, and he begins his book with these words, that which was from the beginning, that which was from the beginning. Now, in English, it sounds like that which was present at the beginning, that started at the beginning, but that's not what he means here. He's saying the one that caused the beginning, that which caused the beginning, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. This is the preparation for the gospel in the book of John, First John. Now, I know you got your finger stuck in John chapter 1, so let's go there. Because I want you to see that John begins his letter to these folks the same way he began his gospel. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We'll pause there. We'll be coming back here in a minute, so make sure you keep your finger in it. Go back to 1 John. That which was from the beginning of the word of life. You see that at the bottom of the verse? That which was from the beginning of the word of life. The word. The word of God. That's what he's talking about here in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so he's talking about the book, which is the written Word. And the book is all about the living Word who was with God from before the beginning. All things were made by the Lord Jesus Christ. How did He make them? He spoke the Word. And it happened. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 talk about the fact that all things were made by Him, and by Him all things consist. All things hold together. Protons repel each other. Electrons repel each other. But every atom is made up of protons in the core and electrons circling around it. What keeps the protons in the core from repelling each other? Well, I can give you the really scientific explanation. Or I can tell you the truth. Which one you want? Truth. Jesus. Jesus. He holds all those protons together. Keeps them from busting apart. Scientists, when I was growing up, called it nuclear glue. Because they didn't know what it was. 
Now they've begun to discover that there's smaller particles than protons and electrons, and that helps hold it all together. But if you want the truth, the truth is Jesus holds it all together. And when Jesus turns it loose, woo, magnificent explosion. Biggest fireworks show you have ever seen. Peter talked about it in Second Peter when he said, the whole world's going to melt with fervent heat. The, the, the planet and the atmosphere around it. Woo. John says, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard. I mean, we not only heard the Old Testament scriptures the whole time we were growing up. I mean, till by the time we were 12, 13 years old, we were supposed to have memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Check those out. 50 chapters in Genesis. Try memorizing that. Y'all are too old. Forget it. <clears throat> try it with your kids. Let your kids and grandkids try it. Okay? But that's what they did. They learned the Word of God. So John says, well, that's what we heard. Which we have seen with our eyes. I mean, we got to see Jesus. That, that You say, is that cool? Yeah. It really is cool. Wouldn't you like to have seen Jesus? Wouldn't you like to have walked and talked with Jesus? Sure. Truth is, you can, you just can't see Him. Because He said, if you keep my commandments, the Father and I will come and dwell with you. We'll come and abide with you. You, we'll let you live in our house, drive our car, spend our money, work our job. We'll even give you the strength to do all that. Just try to remember who it belongs to. Okay? Because we tend to think it's ours. It's not. It's his. Okay? Now, we haven't seen him with our eyes. But Jesus said something to Thomas about that. He said to Thomas, Blessed are you because you saw me and you believe. More blessed. I like that. More blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Okay? So you're more blessed than the disciples were. Okay? That makes you want to wear your little I'm special pin, doesn't it? Huh? Man. I have all kinds of cool little pins I don't wear. I have a humility badge that I tried to wear. and When I tried to wear it, they took it away from me. <clears throat> but I finally got it back. But I can't wear it yet, you know. I have a, a pin that says IYQ, the letters IYQ. I wear it sometimes because you get in St. Louis and you get into an elevator and you see people looking at you and, and they're trying to figure out what that means. And eventually somebody, you'll hear them say it out loud, IYQ. And you say, Oh, thank you. I like you, too. This is such a friendly town. <laughs> and that's what it's for. It's an icebreaker. It gets people to talking. And, uh, you know, and then you share the gospel with them or give them a tract or whatever. In fact, you haven't written a tract. You probably need to. Why? Because you give somebody a tract that you wrote. Just make sure it's a gospel tract, okay? What's the difference between a gospel tract and any other kind? gospel track always contains the gospel. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
and it needs to contain the, the plan of salvation, you know, what they have to do in order to get saved. Believe the gospel, recognize that they're sinners, and ask Jesus to save them. And you need to write your own. Because you hand somebody something, something, a piece of paper and say, I wrote this. Would you read it? I'd appreciate knowing what you think about it. They'll take it every time. I've never had anybody refuse a tract that I wrote. You say, well, Brother Casey, what kind of tracts have you written? Well, I wrote one entitled uh, Earthquake Preparedness. Okay? How to prepare in case you don't, succi- don't survive. Because not everybody survives earthquakes. I wrote one one time, uh, Terrorism in America. I mean, what are you going to do if you're part of a terror plot? You get blown up. Where are you going to be? You've got to prepare for that kind of stuff. If a terrorist comes by and blows up something with me in it, don't worry about it. Don't say, oh, Brother Casey got killed. No, he didn't. Brother Casey changed his address. More alive than I've ever been in my life. Okay? And then you will know for sure he is doing much better than he deserved. Okay? We're blessed. And we haven't even seen him. But John saw him. And John says, not only have we seen him with our eyes, but we looked upon him. I mean, John and Peter and James were with him on the Mount of Transfiguration when they saw him in his glorified body. Peter got so excited, he said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three tents and y'all just, we'll just all live up here. (laughs) Jesus just kind of shrugged that off. Said, no, no, we're not going to do that. Which we've looked upon and our hands have handled our hands have handled. Can you imagine putting your hand on Jesus' shoulder? Walking that close with Him? That's how close He wants to walk with you. Of the Word of life. The Word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness, and we show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That's the gospel. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So we find the gospel, that's preparation. And we find God, the person. And then in the next verse he says, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Joy, that's the purpose. We have the preparation, the person, and the purpose. God wants our joy to be full. Okay, now, you say, okay, Brother Casey, you've been to St. John. When are we going to Genesis? Right now. You ready? One, two, three, go. In the beginning, God. Well, that sounds a lot like in the beginning was the Word. And it sounds like that which was from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I heard somebody say one time, he called the light light and the night night. And it rhymed. And he said, that's good. But that's kind of a mistranslation here. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Do you see here a picture of salvation? Let me see if I can show it to you. Okay? I'm not a great artist. I can color in the lines, mostly. But let me see if I can draw this picture out for you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The heaven is the atmosphere. We often hear it quoted, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the third heaven was already here. At this point, he's only creating the atmosphere. And then three days later, the area around the atmosphere, which we call outer space, that's the second heaven. Okay? The earth was without form. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, when it says it was without form, it means there wasn't anything growing. No mountains, no hills. It was just a planet with water all over it. And it was in darkness. Okay? One of the coolest pictures I've ever seen is the earth from Voyager 1 taken from 4 billion miles away. If you didn't know what you were looking for, you wouldn't know that it was earth. Because the the sunlight is beaming off of Voyager's surface and and it causes a ray across the photo. And in that ray, it looks like a dust speck, a little tiny dust speck. You remember as a child playing on the floor and watching the sunlight flow in and, and, and there being dust motes in the sunlight? Okay, this looks like a dust spot, a little blue dust spot in the ray of sunlight. That little blue dust spot is planet Earth. Okay? If that doesn't make you feel small, nothing will. Okay? And, and I think about that often. I try to think about it every time I step off the scales, because when I step on the scales, I feel pretty big. <clears throat> I think about the whole earth just being one tiny blue dot in space. Four billion miles is barely outside of our solar system. I mean, just on the outside edge of our solar system. And our solar system is just one little teeny tiny solar system among the hundreds of billions of stars in our galaxy. And our galaxy is one of hundreds of billions, perhaps trillions of galaxies in our known universe. Okay? Whew. Tiny. The earth was without form. It was in darkness, covered with water, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
And this light comes blazing out of the mouth of God at 186,000 miles per second. You say, how fast is that, Brother Casey? Well, if I had a bullet that I could fire out of a gun and fire to the the west, that direction, and it would stay the same distance from the surface of the earth, I could fire it, and it would pass through my body seven times before I hit the ground. It takes about a second to fall. Seven times. In a second. That's fast. God says, let there be light. And there was light. Okay? And we know that light is a wave that travels. But it's more than that. There's what they call the weirdness principle. So that if light does something over here, the atoms that make up that wave of that wavelength of light do the same thing over here it's instantly. Wow. So instead of the light traveling from the stars over hundreds of billions of years and finally getting here where we can see them, the light was here instantly. It continues to this day. Okay? You say, Brother Casey, I thought you were showing us something about salvation here. Oh, did I forget that? Here we go. When I was created and born, I was born to sinner parents. Unless you feel sorry for me, so were you. Okay? Both of my parents were sinners. And they were sinners because of their parents. And they were sinners because of their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents all the way back through Noah and his wife all the way back to Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were created without sin. They were made in the image of God. And Eve was deceived by the serpent and ate the fruit. The Bible does not say it was an apple. If you talk to Jewish rabbis, they think it was a pomegranate. Okay? But it doesn't matter what kind of fruit is it was. That what matters is that God said, don't eat it. There was that same kind of fruit in other places in the garden. This wasn't a single tree with this special kind of fruit on it. No, it was all over the place. They could have eaten that same fruit off any other tree. God said, don't eat it off this tree. And they ate it off of that tree. And Eve was deceived by the serpent because she wouldn't be like God. And Adam knew exactly what he was doing. He was not deceived. He was disobedient. And so when their sons were born, Cain, Abel, and Seth, we find the Scripture says that Adam knew his wife Eve, and she bare a son, and he called his name Seth in his image. Seth was born in Adam's image, not in God's image. Adam blew it, gave up God's image. God's likeness when he's seen in the garden. Okay? So follow that down all through the Ancestry.com. <clears throat> you get down to Randy Casey. And I was born in sin. I was born in darkness. Okay? In fact, a whole bunch of babies are born in the middle of the night. Did you all notice that? Born in darkness. And just as the evening and the morning were the first day, I was born 
with darkness in my life for several years. Darkness was upon the face of my deep. And one day the Spirit of God began to move in my heart. Just like He moved on the surface of the earth. On the face of the deep. And when He did, God said, let there be light in that boy's heart. And I began to understand what I had been told since I was a little bitty child. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I believed in Jesus. John chapter 1. I hope you didn't take your finger out. If you did, you can find it again right quick. Verse 3, all things were made by Him. That's Jesus. Without Him was not anything made that was made. That's Jesus. In Him was life. That's Jesus. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. Oh, first time I heard the gospel, I, I didn't get it. I heard it a bunch of times. And finally, it was like the guy who stayed up all night to see where the sun went. When it went down in the evening, early the next morning, it finally dawned on him. That's a joke. Okay. It dawned on him. Okay. Finally, the gospel began to dawn on me, and I saw the light. And the light of the world is Jesus. And so, whereas our night starts at our, our day starts at midnight, and we have darkness, and then we have daylight, and then we have darkness again. That's not the way God does it. God starts you off in darkness, but then He gives you light, and you end it in the light. The evening and the morning were the first day. And I'm in my first day, because I've spent all the time in the dark I ever care to spend. I want to walk with Jesus now. He's the light. And I'm going to live my life in the light of His Word. God had Moses record this so that later on we could get a picture of how important salvation is and the reason some people don't get it because they're walking around in the dark. One of the most dangerous things about cave exploration is not taking three different kinds of light in the cave with you. Because if you're just carrying a flashlight and you get lost, the batteries are going to run out. It's going to happen. And so you have a candle. And you light the candle. Okay? But the candle, eventually, all the wax burns and it gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And finally it goes out. And so then you take out your little glow sticks. I don't know what they did before they had glow sticks. You take out your glow stick and you crumble it back and forth and it glows and you you know and you can see a little ways. Okay? You say, why is why is that that's so important? Because if you're in the dark in a cave and you step off a ledge, you're not gonna stop till you hit bottom. 
Falling is not going to hurt you. Stopping is going to hurt you. Okay? And without some source of light, you can be wandering around and walk into a stalactite. The reason it's a stalactite instead of a stalagmite is a stalactite holds tight to the ceiling, comes down usually about this high. Okay? No. Doesn't matter how far it comes down. Okay? You walk into it, crunch. You're going to be hurt. Stalactites, which might reach the ceiling if they keep growing, coming up from the floor. You kick one of those in the dark. Your shin's going to be all crippled up. Your toes or your boots or your feet or whatever are going to be messed up. Fall over one. You fall on your face or fall on another one, and it jabs into your stomach. And, and then you start feeling sorry for yourself. Okay? So you always want to walk in the light as He is in the light. Back to First John. i got to get on with the message. That's a pretty good introduction though, wasn't it? Oh wait, what am I doing? i got it marked here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes and which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Do you ever have days that aren't full of joy? Shame on you. Shame on you. Seriously. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior, and you have fellowship with the Father and with His Son, your joy ought to be full all the time. You say, Brother Casey, bad things happen to good people. Yeah, but those of us who are walking with the Lord know that all things work together for good to those that love Jesus, those who are called according to His purpose. And so when something bad happens, we start looking to see what good's going to come out of it. Okay? Woohoo! We just start watching. Your favorite calf gets knocked in the head. Somebody cuts his throat, splits him open, disembowels him, skins him out, cuts him in pieces. <laughs> it's terrible. And one day he shows up on the table. That's a big old pot roast. All things work together for good to those that love God. Those that are called according to His purpose. Okay? I don't care what that calf's name was. I'll eat him. Okay? I don't care if he followed me around and rubbed his head up against me when I went out across the pasture. You know, I don't care how wonderful a pet he was. He just fulfilled his God-given purpose, and I'm going to help. So God did all of this so that our joy might be full. This, then, is the message which we've heard of him. And declare unto you that God is... Oh, y'all reading? No, you lost your place. Okay, that God is light, 
and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in God. So when I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and began walking in the light with He and the Father, guess what happened? I'm not in the dark anymore. He said, but guess you mean you understand everything? No. The stuff I don't understand, I can leave to Him. He's the light. I just trust Him. Let Him work. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, okay, this refers to failure to fellowship. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, Oh, this is so sweet. We have fellowship one with another. Not just you and us, you and I, but you and I and God the Father and God the Son. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, name one sin. I'll give you a minute to think about it. Name one sin that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot forgive. It's not contained in the word all. Okay? There is one. That sin is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Okay? She said, why can the blood of Christ not cover that? Because that's telling the Holy Spirit, I don't need the blood of Christ. I'm going to make it on my own. And guess how many people make it on their own? Zero. You're right. Not one. And so here we have. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So not only will He cleanse us from all sin, He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because this confession takes place after we get saved and we recognize we've disobeyed God, we've messed up a few times. Back up. <clears throat> Rerun. We've disobeyed God, we've messed up a bunch of times. But we confess it, and He cleans it away. Just like we never sinned. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. Okay? <clears throat> that loses a little something in the translation. Because you can't make God into a liar, which is what it sounds like. No, what it means is, if we say that we have not sinned, then we call God a liar. Okay? Now, me calling him a liar, does that make him a liar? <laughs> no. Okay? Me calling a rock a frog doesn't make a rock a frog, does it? No, it's always going to be a rock. Okay? If we make him a liar... If we call him a liar, that verse ends by saying, His word is not in us. Whoa. That's not very good. 
That's not how I want to live my life. No, I want His Word in me. Because who's the Word? Jesus. In me. In fact, later on you'll see where they say, Christ in you. I think Paul said it. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Okay? That's my hope. The fact that Jesus lives in me. If you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, Jesus lives in you. You got hope. Not that kind of, oh, I hope I get this for Christmas. I hope I get this for Christmas. No, no. The kind of hope that says, hey, I know what I'm getting. I may not live here on this earth very much longer. Then again, I may live a long time. But I'm not concerned either way because I know what I'm getting. That's my hope. Because Christ is in me. And if you know Him as Savior, He's in you. I think we can live with that. I live very joyfully in that. Amen? Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we love You so much. Thank You so much for the written Word and for the living Word that was revealed to us in the living word, in the written Word. Thank You for Your indwelling spirit the fact that you and the father come and you and your son jesus come and 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 live with us lord we ask your blessings on this church bless the refreshments in a few minutes bless the kids in their various groups but dear lord most of all we want to bring glory and honor to you with our church, our lives, our family, our jobs, every part of us. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.